Welcome. This is Unprofessional. I am one of your hosts, Dave Wiskus, joined by my friend, your friend, and possibly the tallest man on earth, Lex Friedman. Hi, Dave. Hi, Lex. How's it going? Uh, it's it's kind of cold up here. Oh, that's too bad. I'm very, very tall, so it's very cold up here. Oh, oh I see. High, I see what you did there. High place. Guess who else we have with us today? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> we have Chris Poole. Hi, Chris. Hey. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having me. Now, before we dive too deep, just uh, tell the listeners, who are you? Who is Chris Poole? Uh, just a guy from the internet, I guess. <laughs> uh, the founder of a site called 4chan and more recently an app called DrawQuest. 4chan? I've heard of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> now, in your, in your day-to-day life, do you generally go by Chris? Uh, I do. Or Chris in, in person and you know, people refer to me as Moot on the internet. But you you don't introduce yourself as Moot most of the time. No, <laughs> no, I don't. That would be I, I would imagine awkward. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I don't. I don't think I've I've done it. Uh, people certainly refer to me as Moot in person, but not. Look, it's Moot. <laughs> something like that. Sometimes there are more choice words uh, attached to it. But <laughs> holy shit, it's Moot. Um, <laughs> do you remember the origin story for how you came up with Moot? Yeah, it's it's not it's not terribly interesting, but I used to use the name. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, prepare for a boring story, but I used to use the name Moo, and actually, at some point, people referred to me uh, as a. I was eleven, and so they they called me a retard, and so I chose the name <laughs> Mootard, and then later shortened it to Moot, not actually knowing what Moot meant. And I learned <laughs> what Moot meant by watching uh, actually Office Space. There's a scene, the jump to conclusions mat, and on it is Moot. And I'm like, why is my name on that mat? And so I, my 12-year-old self Googled Moot and figured out that I had chosen a somewhat appropriate name. And w- weirdly, at that point, it was totally Moot anyway. <laughs> it was. Oh, dude, dude, why would you do that? Um, I am what I am. And Lex, how did you become known as Lex? <laughs> <laughs> You know, the truth is I'm named after uh, like a great grandfather whom my dad himself had never met because he was dead before my dad was born. That guy was Alexander. And my parents wanted to name me Alexander, but they didn't know. uh, They didn't like the name uh, Alex. So they said, well, we're going to name him Alexander, but we'll call him Lex from day one. So most people, I think to me, oddly assume that I picked Lex myself, that it was a self-selected nickname, but uh, it was just what my parents called me from the first day. Weirdly, before I was born, uh, my parents didn't know if they would ever have a boy, and my dad really wanted to name somebody in his family after this Alexander person. So my sister's middle name is Alexis. So we've got an Alexis and an Alexander in my family. See, I would shorten Alexander to just der. (laughs) Straight to the end. I had one ex-girlfriend who called me Xander, and it was hot when she did it. I'm going to start calling you that. Thank you. (laughs) I don't don't know that Chris can be shortened into a sexy nickname, but if you know any, let me know. Kerr? Yeah, there you go. That got me going. Yeah. <laughs> There's not much I can do with with. Well, my, my real name is David, and uh, I, I guess I could go Vid. I don't know. There's no. There's, there's only really one thing you can do with that. Uh, it sounds like a biker name or something. That's a pretty good Vid. <laughs> vid vicious. That's a hard name. name yeah. <laughs> See, you know, the problem with Alexander is that it's such, first of all, it's such a long name that nobody ever wants to say it anyway. Who has time for four syllables? So it also takes forever to sign my name. Alexander C. Friedman takes like, it's two minutes later and people have forgotten what you're signing at that point. The thing I hate the most though is is the, the, the wrong shortening is when people assume that you're an Alex. You should legally change your name to Lex. 
I've considered it. It's the only solution. <laughs> well, no, I think people would still con- sometimes give you the Alex, even if it said Lex. Like when I was at the bank to create an account for my LLC, which is Lex Friedman LLC. It says Lex Room LLC. We've talked about the name six times, and the entire time the bank manager is calling me Alex. And I, it just feels like there's no non-dickish way to correct him at that point. It's like, by the way, my name is actually Lex, hence Lex Friedman. Uh, yeah, I couldn't do it. And I have doctors who've called me Alex for five, six years. And it's like, if you don't correct them instantly, there's never a time to correct them after that. And it's, it's horrible. Well, it's, it's Lex. It's not like you're correcting to some dicky foreign pronunciation of Alex or Alexander or something. I do occasionally when I make the correction, people think that I'm giving them some weird French pronunciation. Like, oh, Alex? (laughs) Yes, that's what it is. You've nailed it. Alex Friedman. That's me. But yeah, Chris and Dave, I think uh, you do not have my problem. I don't have enough syllables. I want more syllables. But you don't like David. Uh, Yeah, but that has nothing to do with syllables. Well, it is an extra syllable. I don't feel like it's a downer because there's two when I really want one. I feel like it's a downer because, well, one, it's so common. But two, I want like eight syllables in my name. <laughs> I, I, I know this is not necessarily what you mean, but I like the argument that David is common, unlike Dave. <laughs> no, no. But it's just if it's going to be a common name, you may as well go with like the shortest path to get there. So, Chris, are you ever Christopher or just nobody ever calls you that? Uh, I think my parents call me Christopher and some friends that you're right. People kind of, the first thing they call you, they tend to stick with that. I remember actually, uh, kind of going back to common names. I, when I was a kid, I was watching the news and, you know, sometime in the nineties and they, uh, you know, showed the most popular, you know, boys names from some, you know, the late eighties or early nineties. And they were Christopher, Michael and Patrick. And my middle name is Michael. And my father wanted to call me Patrick. And I was like, I have the most like plain parents ever. <laughs> or they were, you know, they just, they just like looked up like, what's, what's, what's everybody else naming their kids this year? Okay, let's, let's follow that. So I, I could have ended up with the most generic name from the late 80s uh, had my father gotten his name. Or his way, rather. Honey, this name is number one. You're going to be so hard to Google. Yeah. I guess that helps if you're, yeah, if you're going to have, if you're going to have a common-ish name, it's nice to have, you know, a fairly unique screen name. Right, that's a good thing. Yeah, well, sure, and that should be the thing that we should uh, we. I don't mean you and I, Lex. I mean people should uh, start naming their children based on how Googleable those names would be. I think people are already doing that, or some people I think are choosing their their child's names around like what Gmail addresses they can get, or at least they're they're trying to register those those emails the, the second <laughs> right. they you know the paperwork goes in. It is not the time to name your kid XX John sixty nine because that one's already <laughs> taken. That is probably taken. It's like how you check to see if the domain is available before you name your company. Right. It's just good business. Yes. <laughs> do you do you have Vesper.com, Dave? <laughs> I, uh, I was hoping that that would go unsaid. Uh, no, no. That's a, that's a – man, that's a story. I don't remember if it was uh, Vesper.com or if it was QBranch. But one of those – The I, I went to it and it was one of those like domain is parked things. And it had a link where you could you could – offer the money for the domain and like an auction style thing. So I click on the link and I figure, well, I got nothing to lose here. So I offered 50 bucks for it and they've replied back and, and said uh, their counter offer, which was 17,000. Did you meet in the middle? They requested that I submit my counter offer, which I did in the amount of $51. <laughs> and I never heard from them again. That's actually, it's a, that not that that's, you know, chump change, but that's Sims pretty reasonable. I remember when I reached out about, 
uh, canvas.com, their ask was $1 million or 1 million plus. And so I, you know, that conversation ended pretty quickly. (laughs) Well, for us, it's, it, I mean, it's an iPhone app. So most of the people who are going to be finding it, discovering it are going to be doing so through the app store, not by searching Google. You'd be surprised what people Google for that. I mean, I think a certain percentage (laughs) of people don't, you know, they don't use their URL bar. They actually just Google where they want to go and they click the first link. Actually that, yeah, there was a, if you remember, I think it was a read, write web or somebody published an article something like two or three years ago about a Facebook redesign and they were the top hit for Facebook for like a day. And so yes. there are all these really confused comments on that article of people I, saying, I really don't like the new design. You know, why is it red? Why isn't it blue? Like, I, how do I log in? And people just got completely lost and trapped on, uh, on that site. I totally remember that. And, and I think there were people who were, who were trying to use like the, the form to log into Facebook. Oh, so great. I, I love when people, uh, put there, you know. Before, well, I want to. Before a minute ago, you said you'd be surprised what people search for. I have to feel like, as the creator of 4chan, there is nothing left that surprises you that people do on the internet. <laughs> that is a fair statement. Yes, but I do love when people put their searches in to the Facebook field, uh, like the status update field. I, so I've almost done that a number for. of times. That is like a, a nightmare of mine. Oh yeah, totally. And it's 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 too easy to do. I've never. I've never submitted it, but I've been close. But I've seen my friends when they're just searching for stuff and the status is there. I love that. I think that's wonderful. What you do is you get another computer that is for nothing but porn. It doesn't <laughs> log into any of your social networks. And you don't have that problem. A porn pewter, if you will. Sure. That's what live CDs were created for, man. That's seriously. If you thought it was for <laughs> sysadmins or troubleshooting, it, no, it, it was truly for on-the-go porn PC. <laughs> Mr. Result. <laughs> Dave, you totally have a porn computer, don't you? No, no, I only have the one. Well, I guess I have a Mac Mini attached to my TV, but no, I'm a one computer kind of guy. All right. So you have VMware, though. That's that's what you got. <laughs> it's a two in one. Well, I, mean, I just think that that poor innocent uh, guy who shows up in the top right corner of Google Chrome when you go into incognito mode, I feel like that guy has seen a lot of shit. He has seen some shit. <laughs> what guy? I haven't done this. What is this? In Chrome, when you. Uh, when you create a new incognito window, yeah, new incognito window, there's this little sketchy dude in a trench coat, hat, and sunglasses who peeks over the top right of the bar, the the window. That's title creepy bar, as fuck. And he watches everything you do. He's Why would they do a hat and trench coat though? So it's pretty. pretty He's fitting. undercover. <laughs> Why would they do that? Why well, would they? You want to go incognito, and so they have somebody stare at you while you use your computer? <laughs> right. It's meant to be like, here's a cute little indicator that you're in incognito mode. But yeah, it's totally creepy. It's like, I see what you're looking at, perv. That makes it all porny. And I'm sure that that's what you're probably using incognito mode for. But still. I'm mostly using incognito mode to test websites to see what it looks like when I'm logged out. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I have Firefox for. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting all super nerdy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I want to know. I have nothing to say yet, but I figure if I say that, then I'll think of something. <laughs> I want to, I like, I, I don't want to do the work thing, but I, because it's 4chan, I want to know what is the most awful or amazing thing you've seen. I imagine you've probably seen more than most of us. Uh, it's so hard. Um, awful or amazing. Either. And they could be both. <laughs> Simultaneously awful and amazing. Huh? You know, it's so hard, hard to say. I mean, I've been using this site for you know, since its inception for almost 10 years now and, you know, a billion posts later, it's hard to kind of single out a single, 
Now, was that an exaggeration or is that the actual number? Yeah, so we passed a billion last, I want to say, August. So now it's something, I think it's like 1.3 billion. That's Holy just shit. insane. It's a lot of posts. There's a lot of porn. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to do with that. Now, you were, I mean, you're a young guy. You were young when you built the site, but it, it, clearly it wasn't your, your introduction to pornography wasn't through the creation of 4chan, but did it, <laughs> did it, did it help? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, part of the original motivate, I mean, the, you know, the, the kind of PC or, you know, PR friendly <laughs> Genesis story is that, um, <laughs> You know, I, I discovered a Japanese website called Futaba Channel and you know, translated to English and seeded it to some friends to kind of see what they would do with it, which is entirely true. But the other kind of, you know, less often told pieces that were, one, that one of the primary motivations for registering that domain was I actually just wanted a cool email address. Uh, and two, when you're 15 and you're like, you know, searching for porn really takes a lot of work. What if the porn came to me? I mean, 4chan uh, kind <laughs> of immediately it, it solved a, a real problem that not only it turns out that not only I had, but lots of, you know, horny you know, teenage and adult <laughs> boys. I remember the very first website that I built. I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. <laughs> no, the very first website that I built was with a friend of mine. And it was before you, I mean, it, it was at that time essentially impossible to get your own domain name unless you were very very wealthy but you could put it up on you know it was like a slash tilde site if you know what i mean um so it was through my isp oh oh so like uh yeah, yeah. it was like it was epics.net slash tilde lex fry um and uh, i'm gonna is that still up no Ep- epics e- epi EPIX, I, it doesn't exist anymore. It's now a thing that's owned by Yahoo, and it's totally different. I'm, it's I'm looking anyway. Oh, no, not found. God damn it. Um, but it was, we called it AC Online after my initials for Alexander and my middle name of Curtis. And I built it with a friend of mine. Why his initials didn't get involved, I don't know. But um, we, we had this incredible idea where we can make it look like not just, not the site didn't just have whatever content we put on it, but we also felt that we could convince people that we had this huge directory of files to search by embedding a CNET file search form on our site. And we were so proud. And I hate my younger self. That's the point of that story. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I just opened 4chan, clicked on something at random, and the first thing I see is a uh, topless woman with hairy armpits. So, Mom? <laughs> So now you're going to mute yourself and disappear for 10 minutes. <laughs> I'll be back. So how much time do you th- feel like you spend on 4chan these days? I imagine it's less than it used to be. Yes and no. I mean, I, I like to think of it as our kind of, I've told people that, you know, my canvas kind of the venture back company that I run is my day job that requires I, you know, wake up and put on pants and leave my house and go to an office. And then my kind of night, night hobby, the thing that I return home to is, you know, is 4chan where I kind of come home and strip down to my boxers and kind of veg out in front of the computer. <laughs> so they're kind of, you know, dueling, uh, kind of worlds. Um, but I still use, I mean, I still use the site for, uh, you know, at least, you know, 30 minutes to, you know, a few hours a day. That's awesome. Do you feel competitive with some of the other, uh, sites or the sites that, um, seem to gleam a lot of their content off of you <laughs> like a site like reddit is the one that i'm thinking of most prominently but do you feel do you feel a rivalry with them or is it just not even worth your time i don't but the community certainly does uh they've been very sensitive kind of over the years to people kind of you know repackaging or you know redistributing kind of the things that they feel that are you know that they've created and are, are theirs and you know reddit and the i can ask cheeseburger and nine gagger you know a few right but see 
to pop culture, to the rest of the world, it's just stuff from the internet. You hear comedians or people on TV making jokes about pictures of cats or lol cats. Nobody's talking about Icon has cheeseburger specifically. It's just stuff from the internet as far as they're concerned. Yeah. It's the it's the um the people who aren't plugged into any of these communities don't care about the origin. They just care, you know, about they want to feel like they're in on the joke. <laughs> you know, example of this, I was at uh, I was walking through Target yesterday and I saw they had a men's t-shirt with troll face on it. Wow. I saw that. I had to stop and stare. Are you sure that was Target and not Hot Topic? It was Target. And I, I stood there for a second like, what? did this just happen? The internet is bleeding over into the real world. The line is blurring. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's already, I think the, the wall has fallen. It's definitely the, I think the two kind of met in the middle and became the same in terms of kind of internet culture and pop culture. And I mean, the beauty of a kind of internet meme or a joke like that is that you don't, in order, you know, you don't need to know the backstory in order to appreciate it. And so for a long time, 4chan flew under the radar for you know, the better part of its first, say, five or six years. I mean, people enjoyed and appreciated the content that came from the site, but they had no idea where it came from because, you know, it was this kind of shareable and, you know, kind of the content that people enjoyed without having to know this whole, you know, archaic kind of backstory to why it was where it came from and why it was funny. Do you think that's, uh, I have my own thoughts on this, but do you think it's a good thing to have the internet and the real world start bleeding together? It used to be that like this was our stuff, and it was kind of cool because nobody else knew about it. I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily good or bad. I mean, I think it certainly kind of dilutes the, I mean, I feel like kind of when you consume kind of content and culture where it's created, there's something kind of really special about that. And when it kind of gets propagated out and, and makes it into the mainstream, there's some something kind of special about it that it's not tainted per se, but there's kind of something that special that's that's lost in that process. And so it's, it's you know, it's a little bit of a shame in that sense. But I mean, it's it's probably inevitable that the two, you know, as you said, the, the lines are kind of blurred and the wall has fallen between the two. I had a, a roommate who was like hardcore Linux guy and he was like a Linux admin and, and super what you think of as like the neckbeard grumpy programmer admin type guy. And he would get so annoyed when he would see people on TV using the same phone he had or the same computer he had. And it, it like genuinely bothered him that people were discovering these things. And I never understood that because it commoditizes it. It, it makes it easier to get these things. If more people are buying them, then they're going to make more of them. This should be good news for us. If if there's more people enjoying stuff from the internet, we're going to get more stuff from the internet. People, I think, like to have. I mean, four channers felt this way for a long time. They, it's fun to be a part of like a secret club or uh, you know something that's kind of you know niche in some way. And you know, four chan, I had to point out to them. I think in a news post a few years ago that you know, the site was being used by say five or so million people at the time. It was kind of like the secrets out, you know, the, the clubhouse has been raided. It's not just, you know, the 50 of us in a room anymore. It's that same mentality. People are like, Oh, I liked that band before they got big, but no, you still like the band. Yeah. And if you like the band, you want them to be successful. You want them to make money. So they keep making music. Right. It's okay. If you're, commu- I mean, I understand that there's with a community, you get nervous, like, Oh man, now more people know about it. And we're not quite as insular and, and tight as we once were, but you have to acknowledge the reality at the same time. Sure. I, w- I want to get meta for a second, a little bit, because, Chris, your Wikipedia page is one of the, the rare Wikipedia pages where you get a Circa on the birth date. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Christopher Poole born Circa 1988. This has become like a regular segment on this show where we, we look up the guest on Wikipedia. But so it's, it, it, it <laughs> pegs you at 24 to 25. Now, is this an intentional thing? You're like, you know what? Here is I used to be totally anonymous and now I've I, you know, now people know who I am, but I'm going to keep this one piece of privacy i'm not going to share what my exact birth date is is that an intentional thing or is it just that wikipedia hasn't done its homework 
Uh, I mean, I don't think I've, I've ever publicly disclosed my birthday. I mean, I, I don't mind telling people my age. I'm 25. But I mean, for a long time, I mean, that that is the case that I did used to kind of, you know, I used to go by an alias Robert Bopkins for uh, <laughs> that was, yeah, that was my name, Bob Bopkins. <laughs> people believed awesome it too. Name. I mean, I actually had a fake ID at one point that said Bob Bopkins on it. So I could claim uh, badges at anime cons in that name. And I actually made friends as, as Robert. And in 2008, when the first, when uh, Time Magazine and, and the Wall Street Journal ran these, these two profiles that came out on the same day, a bunch of my like, real personal friendships that I had made, those people learned my <laughs> name was actually Chris. And there was a very awkward, <laughs> there was actually on one mailing list, somebody was like, hey, you know, don't mean to out you, but uh, <laughs> like WTF is going on with this, this article that I just read. And I was like, yeah, hey guys, sorry about that. Uh, you know, still the same person, but different name. Totally not weird. I love that Lev Grossman in time was like, I'm not even sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> this, this may not, Christopher Poole may not be his name and this could be a hoax, which I just love. I love creating that level of mystery about yourself. I, I don't know that, I mean, you say your real life friends, are they? If they don't know your real name, are they really your friends? If these are people you know in real life that you've, you've spent time with. I would hope so. I mean, I, I, most of them I'm still friends with to this day. So they, you know, they didn't, they didn't drop me after the, uh, the name incident. But I mean, it certainly, I mean, I, I think my roommate, actually, I, I, when I went to college for the first time, I moved in with somebody that I had met kind of through the internet and I had to sit him down, which my father dropped me off and I had to explain to my father <laughs> please don't refer to me as Christopher uh, while we're, you know, while we're in this house. And he was like, what the hell? And so I sat my new roommate down and and had to explain to him that the name that he knew me by was not in fact my real name. And so there was this kind of, there again, a few of those kinds of conversations, but I mean, did you offer up an explanation? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, and the, the truth was, I mean, for a long time it was, you know, when I founded the site, I was 15. And so, you know, the site, as you've, as you know, has some, you know, pretty, uh, you know, has ranging from, you know, cute fluffy kittens to very objectionable content, uh, to say the least. And so it wasn't really appropriate for, you know, my parents or, you know, educators or, you know, friends really to even you know, know that I was involved with the site. And so I, I chose to be completely anonymous for a certain amount of time. And then after that, as I kind of started to kind of come out, I still chose to have an alias as a way of kind of insulating myself from that. I wonder if it's too late for me to do that. <laughs> it's never too late. If can we, can we re-record the intro? Yes. Can <laughs> I do somebody else? This is wave discus. <laughs> should, we, um, should, should we pause here, Dave, to acknowledge this episode's fine, fine sponsors? Um, I suppose this is as good a time as any, Lex. Well, first up, Dave, is Boom. It's, Boom. A nifty, it's a nifty app for all Mac users. It's Boom from Global Delight. It's one of these essential Mac apps that I think every Mac user should have on their system. Here's what it does. They call it an audio companion. And what it does is Ooh. it increases the volume of audio on your Mac without any distortion. And this is, it sounds, I remember when they uh, first uh, showcased it, Macworld, iWorld, I think two years ago. And you see, they say, you know, we're going to make your Mac louder than your Mac is. And you're like, well, that's impossible. You guys are lying. As it turns out, Global Delight, not lying. They have made the impossible possible. It's, uh, they use a, an OS system-wide equalization process that provides a great listening experience across 
across every application. So it's, you know, YouTube on the web or Netflix, Spotify, games, whatever you're doing, anything that sends audio out of your Mac, they make louder through the power of, I guess, magic and programming. It's a simple and clean interface that makes it as desirable and essential as the default volume slider that you see on the Mac. Uh, it boosts audio. It increases volume of any audio streaming from anywhere on the internet. You can hear clearly and loudly for voice and video chats. And uh, it gives you the option to create your own custom presets along with 14 built-in ones, you know, so you can customize it for I'm listening to spoken audio or it's a video chat or it's music, whatever. So if you want to make your Mac sound infinitely better, just make a simple decision and get Boom. Here's the best part for unprofessional listeners. Boom is available for only $5 instead of the regular $7. Grab it now at MacVolumeBoost.com. Again, it's MacVolumeBoost.com. What a great URL. Yeah, well, they don't mess around. They know what it is, and they want you to know. So if you want to boost your max volume, where do you go? MacVolumeBoost.com. Boom. Boom. Uh, you know, when you said companion, I was thinking maybe companion in the way that like Inara from Firefly was a companion, and I got a little excited. Uh, it's very, very similar. I would say those things are almost twinsies. Not that I have ever seen Firefly. At least on the same level. If you haven't seen Firefly, then you have no idea what you just agreed to. Yeah, but I'm it's... Uh, go I'm get probably, it. I'm probably oh. going to want to cut that because you just said that the app was a prostitute. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I, I am just saying... <laughs> So yeah, this 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 four ninety nine situation where it's four ninety nine instead of seventy nine limited time. So you got to get it now. Don't wait. Who can't afford four ninety nine? Come on, a four ninety nine app is an expensive diff. I don't know. That's uh, who's got that kind of money? Yeah, go get it. Go get Boom. I'm on it. I'm on it. And uh, our other sponsor today is one of my favorites, Smile Software. Good friends of ours. Very good friends of ours. Lovely people. Uh, Gina's doing that whole app camp for girls thing, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, But that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about their software, Smile Software. And specifically, I want to talk about Text Expander. Oh, okay. Longtime listeners of this show will know that Smile is a regular sponsor. And I always talk about PDF Pen because I'm not, I, I haven't really been historically a Text Expander user. But that has changed recently when I had to start doing support. Well, had to. When I got to start doing support for Vesper. Uh, I found that a lot of the questions kind of ran along the same lines. Like mm-hmm. we, we get a lot of support email, but it's all kind of the same, maybe three or four things that people send in. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to like do a canned response thing, but typing out the, the same answer, trying to come up with a different way to say it every time was a little tedious. So I started using text expander to fill in the, here's the technical reason for this thing, or here's the stock reason for this thing. And then I'll color around it and, and humanize the email a little bit. And so it's, uh, it's given me a way to, to respond to support quickly and still sound like a human being. Love it. I love those guys. You know, a fun thing with Text Expander too is that you can, uh, you can go into the preferences and see your stats. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know this. I'm, I'm going to do that right now. Oh, okay. so you, you, you hit Show Text Expander. Right. And then there's a statistics button right there in, this, uh, in the Text Expander title bar. I've expanded since I last reset it. Um, I expanded about 3000 snippets. I saved 121,000 characters. And for me, that's about four hours of time saved. Oh, look, you even get to choose which icon they use in the menu bar. Oh yeah. The, the text computer got great settings, but we, I don't think we gave out the URL yet. So you should, you should check them out at smilesoftware.com slash unpro. So thank you, smile. You really should. The text computer, I love it. If you ever, if you're a person who ever writes things using your computer, <laughs> if you're one of those, your phone, if you, if you type, yeah. You need this app. It's true. I've saved 18 hours. 18 hours? Oh, wait. Point 0.18 hours. <laughs> point 0.18 hours? <laughs> what typing speed is it at? Uh, 80 words per minute. Is that what you really type at? 
Uh, I'm probably closer to 100, but yeah. Love those guys. So anyway, go to smilesoftware.com slash unpro. And uh, for Boom, since you've already forgotten, pay more attention. It's macvolumeboost.com. How could you forget that domain? You can't. MacVolumeBoost.com. And I just want to point out that Boom, backwards, is Moob. That's, I appreciate your pointing that out. And as always, you can you know follow us at the old uh, Unprofesh on every major social network. All of them? Even, uh, we, do we have a Plurk account? <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. We're, I always we am groffing people on that one. Are we, <laughs> are we on Quora? No. But that is a good question for Quora. Is Unprofessional uh, on this thing? Friend feed? We should get back to... Uh, Whoever yeah, the hell the that. guest was. We should get back to... Can't think... Oh, here we go. We should get back to Christopher. We should. Yeah, as we talked about earlier, I mean, uh, you know, I actually have not... I have not done a podcast in probably, I want to say, seven years now. Actually, the last one I did, uh, just so the listeners know, I am hunched over a microphone on my desk with a t-shirt over my head, so the audio sounds good. <laughs> um, which is not so weird, because the last one I did, I remember I actually had to I was probably like 16 and I was on my cell phone in my mom's car like creepily like double parked on a road in the city and it was like I'm surprised I didn't get you know nobody came and knocked on the window or a cop didn't give me a ticket but that and it was you know it was like 10 p.m. or something so this is uh I'm two for two now in terms of really amazing recording setups <laughs> it's possible that your audio has been fine the entire time and we're just trolling you <laughs> i hope so at least we've got some pictures <laughs> right. see it's funny because before we started recording you said that um your setup reminded you of uh i forget the reference here oh the t-shirt, t-shirt ninja, ninja yeah where i was thinking of that that true story that then became a movie i can't think what the movie's called but that guy who would call fast food restaurants and tell people that they oh, had oh and just trip down they had a, right tell people they had a disrobe and he got various managers to make their female employees undress and stuff and so i th- i was thinking that that's what it sounded like we were doing like chris put a t-shirt over your head <laughs> <laughs> Snap a photo. There's some feedback. It must be your your belt or your zipper. Maybe you can <laughs> yes. take your pants off. I know what we're doing on the next episode. It's my metal cod piece, actually, just so you know. <laughs> I mean, I told Mallory, our mutual friend, that, yeah, I was like, you know, I, I did a, a video interview recently, too, and I tend to be very, I don't know if it's coming through, but, like, I tend to be very shy, um, actually, in every way, being photographed, being recorded, being taped and so it's kind of a this is actually this is a therapy session for me this is very therapeutic you guys are really (laughs) helping me overcome my fear of being taped so i thank you for that tell us about your mother (laughs) i'm not i had to be lying down for that hold on let me go get my my lounge chair we're gonna need a bigger (laughs) t-shirt get a blanket i just love when when people create things at a young age or when you're successful at a younger age the go-to press moment of the reporter saying, you know, until this age, Christopher was, or, you know, when this happened, Christopher was still living with his mother. And it's like, yeah, well, it makes sense to live with your mother when you're that age. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I've always written, I mean, one of the downsides of growing up in New York is that um, I've never lived in a, you know, a home, like a proper house. And so I, I don't have the privilege of being able to declare that I, you know, it was a mom's basement, you know, mom's basement was my, my lair. Unfortunately, it was it was mom's bedroom, or, you know, not mom's bedroom, but mom mom's houses, mom's apartment's bedroom. That would be excellent uh, if that were the case. But yeah, I, I can't claim that I was a basement dwelling teenager, which is kind of like a I don't know a black mark on my my record as a nerd. I can't grow a beard too. I can't rock like a really gnarly neck beard. 
So I'm kind of like zero for two as far as the traditional, uh, you know, nerd stereotypes. I'm with you on, on both of those. I mostly lived in apartments uh, my entire life. I, I don't think of, I lived in like a couple of houses, but mostly as an adult. And I can't grow facial hair. We should start a club. If, if people who have ever seen me in real life or, or pictures, I got like a little bit of scruff going. This is like, I've never shaved. This is the best I can do. Lex, <laughs> on the other hand, will grow a full beard over the course of this conversation. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I shave every morning. Almost every day, and then I have a full beard by about uh, 10.30 a.m. Uh, it's horrible. I did also grow up with a basement, and I have a basement now. Our first computer that the family bought, our first, well, you know, we had a, uh, a TRS-80, and that was in the second floor of the house. And we had a, a Commodore 64, which was on the first floor of the house. But the K-Pro, the K-Pro 2, the Apple 2C, and then the Mac LC, those were all basement computers where I spent a lot of time. I, I would say the benefit actually of not having a basement was that, or not having much kind of common space in an apartment. I mean, we didn't live in a mansion of an apartment. So that meant <laughs> that I got, uh, my first computer was in my bedroom. And so it wasn't, you know, I mean, A, my mother didn't know how to use a computer. And, you know, B, it, there wasn't really a place to put it anywhere else. And so it, you know, ended up in my childhood bedroom. And so maybe I, I do have something to be thankful for there. I could, uh, you know, click and clack away into the night without, you're getting yelled at to go to sleep. Do you think that's a good parenting move? I mean, not to... Uh, not back then, yes. Today, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Just hearing that in 2013, that, that hits my ear and I'm thinking, hmm, I, would, I can't imagine have, letting a, a kid have the... Computer. Now your, your child like falls asleep on their iPad and they're you know, five feet away from their MacBook and, you know, and their, their iPod or iPhone's on the charger. You know, and now I sound like an Apple ad, but um, <laughs> I swear to God that that's your, your unofficial sponsor. But... Um, but yeah, like they you know, kids are surrounded by technology. It's terrifying as a, you know, potentially a future parent. My friend's got a two year old and she will pick up a phone, pick up an iPhone and like slide to unlock and go in and start looking through photos. And she knows how to get into the Elmo app so she can watch Elmo videos. It's really, really mind blowing to watch that happen. My, uh, my two year old can unlock my well, he can't. He, they're a little. My kids are all a little bit confused by my phone running a beta version uh, for the phone. But um, with my wife's, they can take it. They can unlock it because they know her code. Or uh, <laughs> my two-year-old doesn't know the code, but he can double tap the home button to get to the music thing. Pick one of the AirPlay speakers from the little AirPlay pop-up, and then play his favorite <laughs> music to the AirPlay speaker. Sometimes he'll do it to his sister's room because there's an AirPlay speaker there too, just to scare the crap out of her, which is exciting. That's terrifying. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Kids are too damn smart, and technology is too damn easy now. We've yeah. got to start making this stuff harder to use. <laughs> Seriously, or it's like the return of. Uh, I remember way back in the day. It's like I mean, you know, like hi, you know, back when you used to think as a kid, like hiding things on your. Before there was a really good search on a computer. Windows search took like you know five hours to find a folder. Used to kind of like create these ridiculous, you know, folder structures where you could kind of hide stuff in, in, in places. I remember, I think it was uh, like Windows ninety eight didn't have like Unicode support on uh you know on folder names and so if you could you could go through the command prompt and, and give it a uh you know a name that explored idxe couldn't open and so you could kind of hide things that <laughs> way basically there's going to be a return of some some degree of that i feel like to kind of like keep people out of the things you don't want them to see i don't know i think just give everybody their own device it says the rich guy yeah right <laughs> Says the guy with no spouse or children. iPads for every, you're like the Oprah of parents. iPads for everybody. Every <laughs> child an gets iPad? an iPad. I live alone and I'm surrounded by phones, iPods, and iPads. So I figure everybody must have this problem. 
See, I try to really limit my kids' screen time overall. Um, you know, we used to let them every morning they would come into our room and we would just hand them iPads or iPhones. And it worked because they would then be obsessed and, and consumed with those for half an hour, 45 minutes while we slept from whatever ungodly time they had woken up until what time we wanted to wake up. And I then we started realizing, you know, they're using this every day for 45 minutes and they're watching TV later in the day and it's like too much screen time. So now we limit it to the weekends. On the weekends, they come in around 6.45 and then we don't get out of bed until 8. So they get about an hour and 15 minutes of, of uh, day per weekend day of iPhone time. But I just, I don't know. I don't want, I don't want them to need the iPhone or iPad to have fun the way I do. <laughs> do you have like a, a punch system where they kind of clock in, clock out? That's the next step. You got to oh. have one of those little clocks with some punch cards. Not what I thought you meant by punch system. <laughs> <laughs> You've been using the iPad too long. <laughs> Put it away. Last week I went and I, I visited a, uh, an old friend that I hadn't seen in years and I, it was like an hour away and I drive down there on the way back I had this realization of I don't I literally no joke do not remember the last time I was that far away from my computer. <laughs> and so it's you been, started having a panic attack right then? Breathing <laughs> no because I was on my way back at that point <laughs> so I figured I'd be okay. But more than an hour away from my computer I don't think that's happened in at least five years. See, I don't mind being away from my computer. I'll travel without my computer if I can. But uh, if I don't have my iPhone with me, I'm like, oh, I don't have the entire world's wealth of information in my pocket now. What the hell am I supposed to do? Oh, I need an internet I, like on me at all times. <laughs> an internet. Yeah, we. I actually remember that we, our company went on a, uh, you know, like an offsite last year. And I booked it on VRBO and you just up in the Catskills a few hours away from New York City. And I, I swore that I had like checked that box when you're searching that's like has internet, but apparently not because we got there and I spent the better part of like the first hour we were there, like searching for a wireless <laughs> router or something. And so we even called the homeowner on like an actual phone. So there's no cell service either. You know, it was like one thing to be at home without internet, but there was just no service in a five mile radius around this house that we'd rented and the owner confirmed over the, you know, the plain old telephone call that we placed to them that there was in fact no internet at this house. And I almost wanted to like turn around and go back. I, I, <laughs> I it was like withdrawal. I went, I broke into a cold sweat and like went to lie <laughs> down and I was like off. And then we, you know, we drove to, uh, uh, I think it was Oneonta. Like we had to drive an hour and a half to like the nearest town with internet. And it was like, <laughs> I was like juicing. I was, I was really, I was like, it was like an addict. I had to like get my fill and check my email. And then we went back and I was just like, oh my God, this is the You're worst. Like, guys, download life. the internet on all of your devices. So we still have it when we get back. I wish you could charge with ration the internet. It. Somebody download an offline Wikipedia app. Yeah, seriously. See, whenever I end up in a situation where I've spent a day or two without doing internet things, I always feel really good. But the idea of going into that freaks me out. I don't think I, I, I just too much stress. Even being on an airplane for a long flight is enough to stress me out. I don't feel good about it. I feel, when I come back, first of all, I feel like when I come back, I'm like shit. Now I have tons of stuff to catch up on. Oh no, I love that. Look at all this stuff. And but even you know, every once in a while, I'm like you know, maybe I should use my phone less. Maybe I should be, not be one of those people who swears off the internet. But it's like you know, maybe I'll only use my iPhone during working hours, and I'll put it away the rest of the day. It's like yeah, I could do that, and I'd probably be a better dad slash person if I did that. But it's more fun <laughs> to have it. So I hate thinking about it. <laughs> I love coming back and finding all this extra stuff, like coming out of a movie and turning your phone on. That's like. It, it's replaced because I used to be a smoker and it used to be you'd come out of a movie and like you'd have that first cigarette like, ah, finally. I enjoyed the movie, but finally I could have a cigarette. Now it's, ah, finally I get to check my phone. Spend all day pulling to refresh, 
trying to get more stuff. You walk out of a movie or you walk off a plane and you get all this stuff just to look at. I did actually. I lived in San Francisco for just a few months, you know, a few years ago. And that I really liked being three hours behind because, yeah, you, you woke up every morning with all of the East Coast email in your inbox. And it was like you kind of got right to it. I'm not a morning person, too. So the few times I've woken up you know, before the crack of noon on the East Coast, it's kind of like not. And you get up at seven and, and you check your inbox and you know people are still waking up. It's not very fun. But you wake up, you know, seven on the West Coast. It's, you know, you've, you've got a a mountain of email waiting for you. I'm in uh, mountain time and I sleep pretty late. So when I'm waking up, it's like the end of Lex's day. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are times when I wake up and Dave hasn't yet gone to sleep, which is pretty great. Are you, are you, have you always been a night owl? What, what, what is late? Like five, six? I'm, I'm usually up till about three or four. Okay. And I usually get up on Eastern time around six when the kids start waking up or the youngest kid starts waking up. So there's, there's some overlap there. It's, it's kind of, I don't know. It's, I know that you are awake sometimes when I'm not, well, that sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> but when it, when it actually happens and I can have a conversation with you before I go to sleep, but after you've woken up, then it really sinks in for me that I'm going to be asleep for the next however many hours and you're going to be doing stuff that whole time. And that kind of <laughs> freaks me out. Yeah. For me, for me, if I wake up and Dave's already asleep, then I'm worried that I slept in too late. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the bellwether for good sleep habits. There's one thing we should do before we wrap up, uh, j- just to get better audio from, from Chris. <laughs> is it not acceptable? Have I been sweating under this like dank t-shirt for the past hour for nothing? We're going to need you to take off your pants. <laughs> <laughs> if you could take your belt off, that'd be great. I, you know, if you had asked me an hour ago, I, I might've hesitated. Now I am so hot and sweaty in this conference room <laughs> that... I, uh, and you know, I don't think anybody can see in, so I might have to take you up on that. The long con worked, everybody. (laughs) Pixar, it didn't happen.